Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Burnley nil, Liverpool three. What did you think of that performance? Well, <clears throat> I'll be honest. I mean, again, obviously super happy with the result, but like for the majority of the first half, I was starting to get terrified again that we were going down the same path of chance after chance and not scoring anything. And I felt like I'd seen this before. Um, I mean, when Firmino finally put it in, it it changed the way I felt about the game is probably the best way I could say it. Yeah, so I know exactly what you mean about seeing the same trends we've been seeing in the past few months. But I also think that this unbeaten streak that we've been on where we've won seven of the last nine, we really should have won all nine games, which is crazy when you think about it. So yeah, this this run has kind of reminded me of trusting this team again. So even though I was seeing the same things I've been seeing, Salah missing, Mane missing, Firmino missing, Thiago missing, everybody missing. I wasn't convinced that even if Burnley scored, we wouldn't come back and win. It it, 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 it almost reminded me of a feeling I used to have about this team from a couple seasons ago. Yeah, there, there was a sense of, I don't want to say inevitability about winning today, but it definitely seemed like we were going to do it one way or another. Uh, I agree with you. Um, even though we didn't score in the first half or the majority of the first half, I still felt like even if Burnley scored, we'd still be able to, you know, get the two goals that we would need to win. Um, that being said, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to think of Burnley. I think they just played the absolute wrong game. There was so much space. There was so much time on the ball. It was truly unbelievable. Like they, they literally gave us the setup we needed. Agreed. They were so fixated on playing that one style of route one where they just kick the ball up or cross it in from the wings. They were so fixated on that that they had a couple of chances where if they had just played football, they could have actually scored. But they insisted on, no, we have to go back and cross it in. And that played to our advantage. And I agree, towards the middle of the second half or even the start of the second half, I mean, the space in the midfield was criminal. And um Bobby Firmino was looking like Kaka there, just being able to just walk, stroll through and, you know, pass through walls through empty space. Say what you will about Firmino, but the one thing I've noticed, and I haven't said it because I thought maybe I'm crazy, but today you could see it, is whenever we have the ball, they always send a player at us, right? Don't give us time with the ball. Every team knows this. What I've noticed is the one guy they don't really send anyone at is Thiago. They are very hesitant to send a man right at Tiago because, and this is what happens every time they do. If he's faced up towards the net and a guy comes running at him, he's going to beat that man every time. And, and you just can't play him that way. And that changes the whole complexion of the game. Now that Klopp seems to have figured that out and lets Tiago quarterback things, Tiago's just gets time and space because if you don't give him time and space, you're going to you're gonna basically play a man down because he'll beat the man who went to cover him. So, I mean, it definitely looks like he's taking much more control of the midfield. That being said, I didn't think our midfield was fantastic today. No, and, and that comes down to, well, obviously the other two. Thiago was, was great. Fabinho was off as he has been for several games now. And Genie, I think has just, um, I don't want to say he's checked out because I know he's still dedicated, but you can tell there's something missing in, in his game. I mean, he, he already was a little bit of stop-start where 
a lot of games he'll just be huffing and puffing without really producing anything but it's it it seems a little bit more these days and i'm sure it's probably reflecting in training too which is why he didn't start the last game i don't think that was fatigue i think that was just club seeing okay you're, you're you're not quite right yeah i mean and and again right in this time when we need to be pushing the ball we need to be winning his or we need to be scoring and and exploiting chances his main move is getting the ball then doing the turn away back to the net push off the man that isn't even there (laughs) and, and go like he does it every time and it's it's killing fast breaks and you know, I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't really love it. I agree with you on Fabinho. I, I have no clue what he was doing today. He looked out of sync right off the bat. Um, and that's, you know, not a great thing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I think we're just, we'll get through the season and we'll try to reteach him that midfield position. Cause I, I don't know. I think we, he's forgotten it. Yeah. Today it, it, it seemed as if he was trying to do things that didn't come naturally to him. So, um, I'll have, I'll have to watch it again, knowing the scoreline, obviously I can actually pay attention and analyze and, and see, um, I don't know if he was, he was trying to rush his pass or he was trying to make a step before getting the ball, but yeah, there was something that seemed unnatural about his play. And then the, the opponents were able to exploit that. I mean, yeah, it's in, and again, right. Our whole concept for the team is we work through the middle and when, you know, the middle isn't working great, I think it starts to show. And, and that's, I mean, frankly, we won and that's great. And it was three, nothing. And we deserved that scoreline, but they had way too many chances, like just, just a ridiculous number of chances. And you know, uh, so I'm I'm gonna. Here's here's a fun question for you: Who had more shots on target, Burnley or Liverpool? On target. On target. Well, I'd say Burnley. Burnley had four on target. We had three, and we scored on all of them. And, and we scored all three, right? But here's well, the, it, it was, a problem: They had ten, ten total shots, four on target. Ten shots, a lot of shots. Four on target. That's a lot, especially considering they had some decent breaks. For us, three shots on target out of twenty. Like we need a striker. <laughs> well, it was it was it was like what I was saying in the other game. A lot of our stats are they can be misleading if you haven't watched the game because when you see twenty shots, three on target, it makes you it, it makes you think that we're just shooting haphazardly, right? We're just taking random shots all over the place, right? Like we used to do in previous seasons. But really, what's happening is we're we're finding ourselves in excellent positions and we're just not hitting the target. Right. Well, so to me, I'm, yeah, um, Nat Phillips, Mosala, Mane missing from point blank range should not be categorized the same way as Thiago taking a shot from the halfway line. You know what I mean? Oh, and I and I totally agree. But I mean, like, th- that's even more frustrating. I mean, Salah had two, you know, half breaks or breaks, whatever you want to call them. And he couldn't even muster a shot. Like, yeah, you know, again, he's he's lost his anger. And whenever he he looked a little bit too happy. I mean, I think he's just so happy that we're in this position, which is nice. It means he's a team player, but it'll be nice for him to get that angle back for the last game. I honestly expected a lot more out of him, and maybe this is me being silly, but I thought with Kane having no goals in the game earlier in the day, I thought Salah would come in and be like, this is my golden boot now. And I really thought his like first three touches would be goals or something like that. Like He'd really just put it away. 
and seeing him get that chance very, very early and flub it, I'm like, man, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I think it goes to show you that maybe he's more of a team player than at least I had thought. Um, I think he's more, he's more than happy that we will, were in this situation and we're winning whether or not he scores. So yeah. it, it would be it would, would be nice if he were able to maintain some type of happy medium between the two, right? Because <laughs> if he is more clinical, we will win more. Well, look at last week, or not last week, last game. Exactly. That clinical finish that he had is as clinical as you can get. Without that, we're not even in this position. Allison's header never happens. Right. So he's got it in him. I just, I don't know how we can get it out of him game after game. Um, I, yep. I suspect that on Sunday in, in front of human beings, <laughs> 10,000 human <laughs> beings, that all of them are going to turn it on. Actually, so you know what I have to say I like the most about the games this week in front of human beings is I like hearing the boos. I know, right? Because that changes the game completely, especially when you boo the home team. Exactly. And because there are some games... Well, there are a lot of games where we were playing away during the season. And of course, it's the, the fake crowd. And I was hearing, you'll never walk alone. And I'm thinking, come on, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I don't mind hearing it, but it, it reminds me that I'm watching a make-believe um, 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 make believe game. So it was actually nice when we scored and there was complete silence because obviously there are no away fans in the stadium. So... It was just a reflection of also how much we miss the away supporters too, because whenever Liverpool plays or whoever plays, when you score, there'll always be some cheering because you have at least a couple thousand of your fans wherever you go. Yeah, that's true. But I, what I really like is I, and I, and again, as a as a fan of the game, not even just necessarily Liverpool, I like it when the the team isn't playing well and the fans start booing. Because that's a real like motivator. I don't like it if you know you're doing really well and you just can't finish. You're having a bad day and you start getting booed. That's silly. But for the most part, the fans are fairly knowledgeable, and so when you're not trying hard enough, they know it and they start booing, and that seems to raise everyone's game. And I do like that. You know what? And, and perhaps that that was the the difference in today's game when earlier I was saying how I feel like I'm, I was watching the Liverpool of old because you could almost see them responding to the crowd right so as the crowd was cheering on burnley you could see them responding some initially it was negatively but eventually they used that to to motivate themselves to play harder in situations whereas it, it must have been so bizarre playing in front of you know in, in, in complete silence well i gotta be honest they look spooked so at the start yes burnley burnley looked like you know they, they looked positive and like the fans were helping them, but almost in a way that they couldn't understand. Like they were confused and we were spooked. It was, it was like yeah. the first, the first pregame, like the, the first preseason game is, is kind of what it felt like from that sense. Um, and I would say, I mean, I don't know what on earth um, Reese Williams and, and Nat Phillips were doing the first 15 minutes there. They looked like they hadn't played a game before. Um, yeah. So fortunately they settled. But it was definitely a weird start to the game. And and I don't know. I mean, we could have been at the half 5 nothing, frankly. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, Reese Williams, because um, I used to watch him a lot when he was younger, under 18s and everything. And those those were the types of positional mistakes that you make at that level, 
right? That you kind of expect to make it that level. And then slowly but surely you're coached out of your game. And and so, but you're not used to seeing a defender playing in the EPL making those mistakes because usually they don't get thrown in when they're 20, right? They're still kind of working out the kinks in under 23s. So, I mean, it was a miracle that it ended up a clean sheet and hopefully he can add a little bit more of muscle over the summer and um, maybe go out on loan in the championship somewhere. Well, I mean, for him, he didn't look great today, but I would say after the first 15 or 20 minutes, I thought Nat Phillips really picked it up. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to Nat Phillips because I, I thought he had an amazing game. But uh, on Reese Williams, I did like his aggression in the air. So he won a lot more headers today than I, I seem to remember him in other games, which was needed. And I think he was the tallest person on the field, so you would assume that he should. Yeah, so he won uh, five of six aerial duels, two of three ground duels. So he won seven of nine. So you can't you can't be mad at that. Like that's a that's a good um, percentage. Uh, probably his biggest problem was his passing. He had only seventy four percent passing, forty five of sixty one, and that's pretty low, especially yeah. for a defender. You would expect a defender to have higher. Because, you know, obviously the fingers making easier passes, but I mean, it is what it is. He, uh, he won a lot of balls in the air. There's just no two ways about it. And he looked good. Like he looked confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And as I was saying, you wonder what would have happened if Sean Dyer should just encourage them to play a little bit of football at times because Reese Williams was there for the taking. I mean, he didn't know what was high, what was low, how to turn. I mean... Any proper striker with some type of um, instinct and movement would have just turned him around. But if you keep pumping those balls in the air, chances are he'll head them away. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool's calling card has never been, you know, phenomenal in the air because it's always been Van Dyke, and after Van Dyke, it's been nobody. So having having Phillips, who, I mean, he's not the tallest guy in the field, but somehow I don't know, he wants the ball more. He's made promises to the ball that he may not keep at a later date. I don't know what it is that the ball finds his head. And then you've got Reese Williams, who's the tallest guy on the field. Like that strategy of just keep pounding it through the air is just not a smart move. Um, and, and today I think we saw that they, they could have had, they had chances basically based on mistakes from Phillips and, and Reese Williams. Right. And, and at least Phillips worked it out, but Reese Williams definitely, I mean, he looked spooked to start the game. And then he kind of maybe a little bit settled, but still was making mistakes throughout the game. He's he's learning on the job, right? So that's that's exactly. And, and one thing I noticed too is as soon as he gets the ball, you immediately hear a teammate say, "Reese." They just wanted to get rid of it, pass it back, right? Yeah, and and you could tell that he was getting pressured by Burnley. That was their strategy: give it, get the ball to uh, Reese Williams and then cover everybody else and then make him make a move. Right. And, and he clearly couldn't, I'm, you know, as much as I want to talk about this game, I do have to admit, I'm kind of terrified of what Crystal Palace is going to do to him because they've got good players and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And so quickly on that game, do you, would you rather Klopp sticks with those back two or start playing around and putting fab back there no you got to go with those two fab in the middle go with what's been working until you see it's not working i agree and then and then hopefully the crowd will be on on their back on, i mean on our back so if if he's dilly dallying they'll you know they'll start yelling and then you'll kind of get the picture so 
Um, I think I think it'd be fine. Plus, I don't think Crystal Palace has much motivation. But we have to score first and early. But anyway, that's we, we still have a few days to relax before that. <laughs> Do we? Is there any relaxing at this point? I feel like I've been in a high pressure environment for three four weeks now. Every game is a must game, and today, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not just the win; it's the three nothing that matters a lot. Yes, exactly. The clean just just everything about this game, the way we're ending the season, it is just. I mean, can you imagine if? And it's not even about making the Champions League, but can you imagine if these last four games meant nothing? I mean, what kind of summer we'd be going into as a club? It would be just so demoralizing. But the fact that we're ending on a high like this, reminding everybody that we we haven't gone anywhere and we're only going to get stronger when our real players come, or I shouldn't say real players, but our, real, <laughs> our best defenders come back, our captain comes back, we buy a few more players. Yeah, it, it's it'll be good times. Are you Are you suggesting in some fashion that our central defenders... Being what Reese is all of twenty years old, and Nat Phillips has got like eight games under his belt. Are not real players. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me put it this way: It'll be a good thing if they never play for Liverpool again, and they're still at the club. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I think Reese goes on loan. I mean, how can you keep Reese? I think you have to send him on loan. But I agree with you. If Nat Phillips stays and never plays another game. It's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing because at the end of the day, he's a good player. And if we don't need him because our other players stay healthy, then we're we're sitting pretty. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, like of him. Davies, just like Ben Davies, um, what, when we bought him, I was saying if we never see him in Liverpool, in, in a Liverpool shirt, that's a good thing. Well, I do kind of, I, I do feel bad for him. Even even Samikas got his uh, 30 second run out. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, back to, to Nat Phillips. I mean, what a game. Yeah, what a game. He still did his crazy Nat Phillips moves. Uh, <laughs> where I'm, I'm talking about where suddenly he's he's attacking with Mo Salah and Sadi Mane and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Defending from up top. And then I'm thinking, okay, if you're up there, who's back there? <laughs> oh, nobody, right? He's, you know what? He's and I, and I think your question last time is good. For the, from the last game is good. Is he being told to go up there? Because there were times where, like, like I get it, you know, when they're trying to make a breakout and their forward has his back to you and is trying to receive the ball, you pressure him. Right. But once the rest of the players pass you, back off, let someone else take him. And it's like he doesn't just stay on the guy. He actually will follow the guy deeper. It's it's truly bizarre. And I, I just, I hope that's Klopp coaching and it not his be. natural instinct. It must be because there's no way that you're not being told to do that and you're not hooked because he does it every game and he does it so insanely that it must be unstructured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. It might, I mean, I don't think he could get hooked at this point. It would take a lot to get Nat Phillips hooked right now, but he would definitely get it coached out of him from one game to the next. Yeah, and he wasn't doing that in his first couple of games. No, he, he wasn't. Was just, he was a proper defender just staying back, hoofing the ball away. So it's clearly something that Klopp wants them to do, and I'd be really interested to find out why one day. Maybe we'll find out after the season. But I mean, for for Nat Phillips, the numbers on him are just phenomenal. So six of four ground duels won, nine of 13 aerial duels won. So he he had 13 of 19 duels won. I mean, you know, there's there's not really much more to say. He's going up against, you know, big, strong, um, seasoned players. And he's, you know, winning 
um, you know, th- th- you know, seventy five percent of his battles. So good for him. He's doing a great job. I can totally see him in his Burnley team. I was actually thinking that too. While we were while they were playing, I was like, "Would these guys want to buy him? Who would he replace?" That's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, a good, strong, stay at home defender, great in the air. Um, he he would fit in quite well with them. Yeah. I mean, and- thankfully he's with us now, and he had a fantastic day, and he got his he got his first goal. Yeah, he finally he finally um, put a header on target. I I don't know if. All of the other headers I seem to remember him attempting have been off target. So this one was the first one on target, and he didn't. It seemed very composed. Um, I don't know if you heard in the post match interview, Klopp saying how it's nice that he now keeps his eyes open when he goes for a header. Oh my God! Did he really say that? Yeah, he said, said that as a joke <laughs> that because they were all watching the Allison goal, and you see um, Nathos flying in with his eyes closed. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you know what yeah. the thing is on on the at the front up front when he's going for headers they usually actually he doesn't make contact he usually misses them with some weird flying contorted body thing it's it's truly bizarre so it's yeah so it looks like they've identified that okay there's something that he needs to switch on in the way he goes for offensive headers opposed to defensive and the header today I mean it was just it was a good defensive header just that he aimed it on net right and he just needs to, he just needs to keep it that simple he doesn't have to just fly in eyes closed just head the ball right yeah that's it i mean what i will say is i do and i and normally i wouldn't say this i do actually feel bad for the burnley keeper um will norris i think this was his first well second game he'd played one minute before um and so I mean, three shots on net. You got your hands on. I don't remember. Did he get his hands on the uh, on the ox shot? No, no he didn't. But, but he should have. Yeah. So he got his hands on the the Firmino shot. Arguably, he could have saved that. He got his hands on the Nat Phillips header. Arguably, he might have had that. And the ox shot, he absolutely should have had. So he had a horrible game, and I hope this doesn't haunt him. I actually do kind of feel a bit bad for him. So when I, 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 I found out that Nick Pope wasn't going to make this game, I, 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 I thought, this was after the Allison goal, I thought, okay, no, it's, it's, it's written. Because that man always plays amazing against us, and there's no way he would not have saved those three goals. And if those were only three goals on uh, three shots on target, then <laughs> we wouldn't have scored, right? Yeah, no, we. You know what? I I wouldn't go as far as to say that he always plays amazing against us. I would say we make him look amazing. <laughs> like, true, like, true. We, yeah, right. We 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 shoot it like we did today. We shoot it close enough to him, as opposed to like you got to think. Firmino had the whole net. Like, put it wherever you want. I know. You know, and and Ox, you could have done more with that. To be honest, like, you know, so. Uh, again, I'm with you. When I saw that Pope wasn't starting, I was like, oh, this is the guy. I mean, you know, he might feel good for a bit, but once we put one by him, I think he's going to crumble. And I mean, it was, he didn't, he didn't stop a shot today. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, overall, you know, I, I thought Salah was actually fairly weak today. Um, he had his two breaks, um, but didn't do anything with them. Firmino obviously scored. And I, I just like seeing it because that's finally Firmino being in the proper center forward position. But ironically, he wasn't even. Yeah, he came in late. Yeah, he, he, he. That's the kind of goal that I expect somebody in Genie's position to be scoring more. 
coming late from the midfield, right? You know who I, I see more of those from? I see more of those from Hendo. Yes. Exactly. Not that he scores them, but he makes those runs. He makes those runs, right. Um, and Sadio Mane, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm, this is just not his season. I mean, I don't think he was as bad as Salah, frankly, but this was not his season. He. Well, the good thing is you could tell the Burnley players have been watching the same games we have where Mane never gets a call. And this ref was having none of that. Yeah. I think he called at least four fouls against um, on Mane. Uh, so, yes, he was fouled four times. Right. So, and, and I, I got to be honest, I actually can't remember a game he's even gotten like two. I know. <laughs> so, absolutely. The ref, it was funny because I felt like the ref let them play a lot. But at the end of the day, I actually felt like he did call uh, quite a few fouls in, in some ways. Like he did, he did call them well yeah I, I i thought he was a good he was a good ref i mean i need to find his name i don't recall and so to be honest um burnley fouled 10 times we only fouled seven and you know i've been going on about how we never get calls today we got the calls obviously and we won three nothing so you know it, it does go a long way when you don't feel like the ref is against you um yeah and the, the players i mean it's too bad that they waited until crunch time but you could see they knew that they have to be wiser with the way they waste time and everything else. This is the first time, even though they didn't do it that well, but this is the first time they even tried to just waste time throughout the game. Yeah, it was, we were ahead. it was actually pretty bad. Let's be honest. Like you've, <laughs> we've played, you know, what the worst part is we've played so many teams that are just playing for one goal or for a tie. We've seen time wasting so much this season. You would think we would have learned from it. Like, we're just... I wonder if they're influenced by the crowd because you could tell it was really frustrating to the crowd, right? Because as, I mean, every throw-in, I, I turn around, go make a coffee or something, and they're still <laughs> like, wiping the ball down. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, the crowd was not impressed at all. So I I think we've just missed playing it in front of a crowd. I, I, I think... You know, I wish the season could go on longer, to be honest, because, you know, we, I think, you know, we're finally back in the rhythm. Well, at the same time, it's, it's good that we all get a break. We're, we're finally back in the top four, I think is really the big one. So we finally got into the top four, which is great. Unfortunately, we're only in the top four by goal differential. Um, so it, it means a lot. I mean, obviously, next week is the big week. That's what's going to decide our fate. Um but I mean, as of right now, we're in the top four. Our goal differential is um, four better than Leicester and one better than Chelsea, uh, and we're one point behind huge. Chelsea. So it's it's huge. Uh, the only problem that we have is that um, Leicester have the same number of goals for as we do. So if Leicester wins big. Uh, they can actually, and ties our goal differential, they'll go through on goals four. But on the other side is Chelsea. So if Chelsea loses and we tie, we'll beat them, we'll be tied uh, on points, we'll be tied on goal differential, then we'll go to goals four and we'll beat them on goals four. So going into the final game of the season, we actually have two ways we can win. If Chelsea loses, a tie is enough to get in. Otherwise, if Leicester loses, we're automatically in. Um, and if we win, I think we're we're pretty well set. Unless Leicester puts just a, the beatdown of all beatdowns on Tottenham. 
Yeah, so I've been saying it for like the past like five, six games that I think 67 points will do it for top four. And if we want all of our games, 69 points, for sure, it'll happen no matter what. And I don't I don't see, even if we win 1-0, then we have a plus five goal difference against Leicester. If Leicester beats Tottenham by more than five goals, let them please go and play Champions League. You know, so <laughs> quite quite honestly, if if they can actually do that to to Tottenham and we only win one nil I'd be more than happy for them to go play Champions League yeah I mean look at the end of the day we have our own fate in our own hands yeah um and if we can't pull it through then we don't deserve to be there uh what I will say is I mean seeing how Tottenham played today you know putting half a dozen by them sounds crazy but not in the way they're playing now Tottenham looks terrible um what I will say at least is Tottenham has something to play for which is Europa um, they that, also, that and, yeah, that, and also they do have, you know, firepower. So if Leicester is going to push with all kind of, you know, um, the way they play, there'll be gaps at the back. And I think Johnny Evans is injured if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, Kane, Son, Bale, all of them, they'll be good for at least two, one or two goals in the game, even if Leicester scores six, let's say. Well, I mean, the way I'm looking at it, I was actually... I was actually okay with a 2 nothing win um, because I don't want to be so far ahead of Leicester on goal differential that they just focus on, hey, let's win the game and not worry about goal differential. I want them to look and be like, okay, we're four goals behind them. Let's go get four. Because I think if they're chasing four or five goals, they're A, not going to get it, but B, they might even lose the game, frankly. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea's playing Aston Villa who, you know, they might be in the bottom half of the team, but they're still a team that goes after it. You know, they, they play well. They play well in front of fans. Plus Chelsea, I don't care what anybody says, they will be thinking about the Champions League the very next week. Players will not want to get injured, things like that. And to them, their their big cup final was yesterday. Or was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday's game. So that's that's actually where I think... I think it's between Chelsea and Leicester, to, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I you got it. You, you've got to imagine that for for Chelsea, they've they've gotten up for a lot of games lately, right? Like they've gotten up for um, you know the the FA Cup. They've gotten up to make it to Champions League. They got up to play Leicester. Um, you know they're. Not that they can't do it, but I think you're looking at a team that I, I don't know if they're emotionally spent, but you're looking at a team that's gotten up a lot. Will they have that level of motivation, especially knowing, hey, all we need to do is win next week and we're in Champions League, right? And playing in their minds, right? Oh, for sure. And and I got to tell you, if there's an early goal, if Aston Villa scores an early goal, then I could see Chelsea having a big letdown and just being like, yeah, okay, it is what it is. Plus, there'll be you know, um, because all the games are played at the same time. So if Spurs is, is, is ahead, then they'll they'll take their foot off the gas. You know, it, it'll be a very interesting game. Things will be changing all, all, all game long. So if we win, we're good, even if it's 1-0, the way I see it. I'll be honest, I actually would, would love, and I know this doesn't happen, but I would love there to be a rule that all the games have to be played in isolation. Like you cannot know what's happening in the other games. 
Cause that would just so mess with people's minds, right? You'd yeah. be like, well, we don't know if they're winning. So we do have to go out and score six goals, even though they might, we might be losing by a ton. Like it's, it's, it's a really, that would be a lot more fun, but I agree. It'll be all about watching the scoreboard, which, you know, again, might end up working against us, frankly, because if, yeah. if Chelsea's down and Leicester's down, then do we have the hunger to be like, no, we got to put one in and then we got to put another one in and let's just put the game to bed. We might think, oh, we've got, we've got a goal. Okay. No problem. Let's just, you know, baby this the rest of the way. Like I could see that working against us, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I know. I was actually just thinking back to seasons in the past with us having the crowd in Anfield was great, but then it, it would be distracting because the players would be hearing who's and ah, you know, from scores <laughs> from the other game. And it might be distracting. Yeah, I. So if it's nil nil and and the crowd suddenly cheers or they they're like oh then yeah it's that might be tough. So yeah, we just need to score early and put the game to bed. Don't give Crystal Palace any ideas about playing spoiler. Well, I mean, unfortunately, scoring early means that Salah or Mane would have to finish off a chance they get early on, and we don't. That doesn't seem to be our mo right now. Yeah, but I mean, look at the end of the day. I think the big one is Leicester's got to go through Tottenham and Tottenham is playing for something. Okay, fine. Kane is leaving. Okay, fine. Bale is probably gone next year. But, you know, if this is their last game in a Tottenham jersey, they'll want to, you know, get a goal. They'll want to impress. And at the same time, like, you know, the rest of the team is still thinking, hey, it's better to have Europa than nothing. So it, it'll be a tough game for Leicester. And, and again, with Chelsea, you don't know what you get. Right, I mean the Chelsea Leicester game. Chelsea looked like world beaters for you know an hour, and then they looked like a team that had just learned to play. Like it's it's they're they're just they just don't have the consistency. I have no prediction on on what could happen with Aston Villa. I don't know where their heads at. I don't know which team is showing up. So a lot of different things can happen. Yeah, it, it'll be a good day. It'll be a good day, and I. Obviously, I want us to be in the Champions League. I want us to win. But most importantly, I, I want the fans to have something to celebrate. And I want the players to have their time with the fans. You know, they really deserved it after the last two seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we unfortunately, we can't parade the uh, the trophy around. Yeah, right. Uh, that's Man City's for now. But uh, And we didn't really get the uh, what we wanted from the last season in terms of sharing it with the fans. But I mean, look, last season winning the cup was the big thing this season after the uh, difficulties we've had and everything like that, uh, playing in front of the home crowd to be able to squeak into champions league. Uh, I think, I think it would be quite a story and it'd be quite a, an experience, not just for the players, but for the fans. So yeah, it's a, it's a big game coming up on Sunday and, uh, we have our own fate in our hands looking forward to a fun day. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the ForensicCook.com website.